Jackson, co-founder of Paradigm Trading, here with us today in the GVOL podcast. Her name is Mickey Coonan. I'd like to welcome her here. Thanks, Mickey, for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I know I speak for Paradigm and myself personally. Uh, any opportunity for a Paradigm GVOL collaboration is always enjoyable, so I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much. I really appreciate that. So I was thinking maybe we could start with kind of getting to know you, Mickey. So you have a pretty successful and long-term career in the trading space. You also lived in Chicago for a long time. So, so that's very cool. So maybe we could start there. You know, like what, what got you into trading? Uh, what was your main interest? And when you were still in school, how did you sort of pursue that if, if that was the case? So starting with my school, I uh, studied statistics and operations research. Uh, you know, the idea of trading is really driven down to the uh, aspect of problem solving. And that's really where, you know, my interest came from. I was a intern on the uh, exchange floor of the mercantile for, you know, the, the commodity pits. And it was so exciting. I just wanted to learn more about the market. So after I graduated, um, you know, from undergrad, I went through what I thought was uh, the natural progression within a Chicago proprietary trading firm. I was a trading assistant. I graduated to trader, portfolio manager. And when I started, a lot of the volumes were still being traded on the physical exchange trading floors, um, especially in my products, US indexes. So I started in a time that was also really fun right before the 2008 financial crisis. Um, I was in the S&P option pit over at the Merck, and then more of my time was spent at the CBO, the Chicago Board of Options Exchange. Um, I traded in the IWM and SPX pit. Uh, as you can imagine, trading during those times was extreme, and my trading education was at warp speed experiencing, I felt like was every possible scenario. Um, and it set me up to see some of the most extreme market conditions, something that I think all of us can relate to in the recent crypto movements. Um, but being on the floor for some time, I moved upstairs to trading on the screens and I helped manage the risk for our index group. Uh, and when I moved upstairs, I started working closer with our trading models and our systems and, and working in that aspect and that capacity really got me interested in building out more of my own personal technical skills. So while I was there, I went back to get my master's degree in software engineering at DePaul University in Chicago. Uh, it was really nice compliment to the logical approach, you know, as I mentioned before, traders have to working and solving a problem. This education allowed me to grow my ability in building the actual tools needed for those solutions that we wanted. Um, so from there, I knew I wanted to pivot myself into something where I could really grow um, and have a larger impact on something. Um, Love it. You know, yeah. So, oh, that's great. So maybe just going back to some of the newer traders who might not even know about the pit, What, like what is a mm -hmm. runner? What do they do exactly? Yeah, so this was before all the markets moved electronic. Um, and we actually wrote the orders on tickets on pieces of paper. And so the idea was that a customer would call down to the floor, um, you know, someone on the phones would receive that order, write it on a piece of paper. The runner would run that order from the phone to the pit where the broker would then open outcry it to all the liquidity providers in the pit and they would find price discovery and execution in the pit. Cool. So, so it's it's like you're almost a matching engine. You're like taking the order and yeah. then the matching engine is the pit. That's that's fascinating. And when you were a runner, was it in the options market or was it like a futures market? 
It was both. The uh, it was in the commodities, the agricultural pit. So it was both options and futures. Um, the futures was a little bit more active in those pits, but yeah. So you were learning all the hand signs for like this is October, all that stuff. Yes, yes. And then when I was a trader, um, I actually yeah used it more often. I. You know, I remember a visitor coming onto the floor and asking, like, how do you know who you're talking to or what is people saying? And it's, it's just like the easiest way to explain it is just organized chaos. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you get a sense for picking up certain people's voices. And I just know that, like, even between all the screaming, I know, like, you know, which of my guys is yelling for me and, and I'm yelling for him. And it's just organized chaos. I love it. That's 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 awesome. So. It sounds like you also had experience in both commodities and sort of the equity indexes. Is is that right? Yes, that's right. Um, so I, you know, most of my actual trading career was in the U.S. indexes, um, specifically the SPX and then also spiders a little bit. Um, and then later I moved into soft commodities, managing that book of soft commodities, which includes um, sugar, coffee, cotton, cocoa, and OJ. So it was really a transition. Um, but as a market maker, you learn the nuances of different markets. I really enjoyed uh, learning about commodities and just the different effects that impact those um, rather than you know macro events that could impact the U.S. indexes. Yeah, it's super interesting. And then you went through 2008 crazy times. So Wolverine, for those who don't know, is a proprietary trading shop in Chicago. I'm, I'm sure they have offices everywhere. Um, what was the process like when you started working at Wolverine? Did they put you through like an education process or did it just throw you in a pit right away? Like how, how did you you know go from uh, an intern to a senior trader? Or was it just through experience? Yeah, so the education process there is you start off as, or at least back then when, you know, a lot of activity was on the floor, you start off as a trading assistant on the floor. Um, and so, again, I started in the SPX um, and you manage a group of, you know, we had 10 traders in the pit. The SPX is one of the largest open outcry pits um, still today. And the idea of the trading assistant is you are, taking the information that you're seeing down on the floor, conveying it to the risk manager upstairs where they're able to look at the screen markets. And you're able to kind of be that middleman to help the group have full communication. You're processing positions, making sure our positions, our risk is looking uh, correct because I can see the actu actual executions going down on the floor and communicating that with the risk manager upstairs. Cool, so there's like two venues of flow and then you're able to, to kind of help maybe facilitate arbitrages sometimes that happen or capturing edge on one side and hedging it out on the other. That That's fascinating. And so you really got the chance to see commodity vol, equity vol, crypto vol, which we'll get into in a second here. Uh, but in the middle of your career, it sounded like you stepped away and learned some computer science at DePaul and then came back. So, Or did you do it simultaneously? How did you manage that? Because it sounds like you know, trading career is very intensive. So is learning a computer science degree. Yes. Yeah, it was simultaneously. Um, you know, the one good thing about those markets is that there is a close, um, not like the crypto markets. So uh, that did give me the uh, opportunity to go to school part time at night. Um, so I would go to school at night. Um, and and yeah, that's that's. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I remember as a, a young trader myself, I used to hate the weekends. I was like, 
Why is the market closed on the weekends? And now that I'm in the industry, I love the weekends. Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad they're closed. So that's yeah. that's super interesting. And um, what did you learn as far as computer science? Was it Python, uh, C++, or is it kind of like a holistic, you know, all the languages? And and how did that help you in your trading? Yeah, it was, um, it was mostly Python at the time. Um, you know, the school assignments weren't, financially focused. Um, it was, you know, just simple school education, um, you know, but I think taking that and um, converting it into what I was working on at, you know, at Wolverine, uh, Wolverine was also, they were building out their education department, which was really growing at the time. They were focusing on, you know, teaching their traders just simple SQL and, and how to, you know, do their own data analysis. Um, and so, relaying both of you know my my python ability and sql and just um you know working with the rad team over there um you know was really helpful and something that i will always be grateful for oh that's great and then before we jump in sort to sort of now your your current role um or how you co-founded paradigm before jumping into that is there any trading books that that were really impactful in your journey as a trader that you would recommend to newer traders yeah absolutely so um, I remember when I started, you know, I always think Natenberg is a great resource for any beginning trader. It's very straightforward, easy to understand, um, gives you the foundation of option Greeks, trading structures. So that's what I would recommend. Um, another one, John Hull's Options, Futures, and Other Derivatives. But that is, you know, a little bit more textbook-like. It's, it's dense to get through, but that's also something I remember, you know, referencing as a junior trader. Um, both of those, I think, are, are very valuable in any trader's education. And then, you know, just for fun, I always like to throw out, I think, Liar's Poker is a, is, is a fun book to read. Um, it gives a really good depiction of how floors are actually like, the personality, the entertainment aspect of being down there. Um, and so, yeah, I would, I would recommend that one as well. Oh, that's awesome. Those Michael Lewis books, those are one of my favorites, for sure. Um, and so, kind of, I know I keep saying last question before moving on, but I do have one more question. Um, so, you know, statistics and, you know, computer science, what is kind of your, if you had to choose between the two, what is sort of your, your main love? And then, um, if you had to recommend for sort of a newer trader coming in, what would you recommend that they choose between those two? If they're, if they're choosing between the two? Yeah. Um, I think right now, I think statistics is a little more theoretical. Computer science is a little more, um, realistic and, you know, I, I like the idea of actually building um, solutions and statistics to me is kind of looking at um, previous data analysis. So it, one's looking backwards, one's looking forwards. Um, I think having both is a really nice um, complement to each other. Um, definitely anybody entering the space, I would you know, encourage any kind of computer, computer science or software engineering education. I think, I think it's just helpful to approach any situation in that logical problem solving aspect that a programmer usually approaches. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So for those of you who are new, Paradigm has an RFQ platform request for quote for trading crypto options. And so like, like me and like, I think we're similar in the sense that we both have these option backgrounds that for me, options were sort of my first love, crypto my second. How did you 
find yourself in the crypto space. Were you dabbling in crypto as you're trading SPX options uh, in your career or, or how did that transition happen? Yeah, so I remember in 2017, you know, I started really getting interested in it. Um, that was also, I, I started learning about it. The CBO and, and the CME both listed their Bitcoin futures contracts. That was also around the time that I started finishing my master's degree. So the technical aspect and the, you know, it, it was a new asset class, really. It, it piqued my interest to learn about it. But it wasn't until 2019 that I became active myself. And I knew that this was something that I wanted to devote full time my career to. Um, I was connected to one of, you know, a, a prominent crypto options and futures trader at the time. I was understanding the, the derivatives trading workflows, the tools, and how that derivatives, uh, the crypto derivative community was growing. Um, it was clear that crypto derivatives were still in their infancy. And it was amazing to see how these option traders were finding liquidity and executing their trades in this new market. Um, the creativity required for them to actually trade, barely any infrastructure was available. Um, you know, I think that's what really drove Paradigm to launch crypto options in the space. We saw an industry that had so much potential, um, our solution and product uh, is agnostic. And so what better way to launch in a market that was just starting and we could grow and help mature the overall marketplace. So, you know, I would say in 2019 is when I officially became active in it, when Paradigm officially started operating in the crypto markets. Um, and yeah, we've grown ever since. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And how did you and Anon meet? So Anon is the other co-founder of Paradigm for those who, who are new. Yes. Uh, we actually met through um, a, a mutual colleague, Darshan, who is uh, the founder of X Margin. He introduced us both. And, um, you know, Anand's vision of Anand also comes from the traditional markets. He was on a commodity trading desk, and that's where the vision of Paradigm was born. Um, you know, and what what he saw, um, he, he was building a solution for himself at the time on that desk, um, you know, to automate trading workflows, to centralize liquidity for counterparty to counterparty trading. And I really thought that was a solution even for, you know, the products I was trading, the U.S. indexes, the, the soft commodities. Um, and I think, you know, it sounds like a simple solution, but it's a huge offering that is product agnostic, can fit into any asset class. And that's, uh, you know, and that's really why I decided to pivot from actually being in the trader seat to building this, these solutions for the traders themselves. Yeah, cool. That makes a lot of sense. Something that I've, I've noticed as a founder, and I wonder if you kind of have the same thing. Uh, uh, conclusion is that in trading, often you're rewarded for being patient and, and putting trades at the right timing. And I feel as a founder, it's like you if you're not running, you're dying. If you're not moving forward, you're moving back. Do you feel like it's what, what are the main differences that you see between being a founder versus uh, a trader? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest lessons I learned as a trader is the ability to stay calm and focused in a chaotic time. And I think, you know, some aspect of that also applies to running a business and being a co-founder. Um, you know, there's so much changing in our ecosystem right now, trying to decide which business line is most efficient for us to go into is something that we are always struggling with and, you know, we 
have limited amount of resources, we want to make sure that we focus them in the most fruitful way. So making these calculated decisions, whether you are a trader or whether you are running a business is something that I think overlap and something that I think, you know, my experience in trading, um, you know, has helped me grow as a leader um, in, in helping run Paradigm. Oh, that's very cool. And so you mentioned that theoretically RFQs are product agnostic. Now, and you also mentioned that before Paradigm, you know, traders were, were kind of getting into trades in unique ways and doing a lot of legwork to do that. So what is the difference that Paradigm brings to, to traders? Right. So, you know, we offer a platform where you can build any complex trading structure, um, also the ability to combine options and futures in the same transaction, which is something that is very attractive to Delta neutral traders. Mm -hmm. um, the idea of atomic trading removes the leg risk of getting one one leg of your complex structure done and then being hung on the others. And so Paradigm is a block trading platform and you are able to build these complex structures, find liquidity for any size. We've, we, you know, our, our liquidity providers are pricing deep sizes, competitive pricing, and in counterparty to counterparty executions with atomic execution, meaning that everything is blocked into your account um, at your settlement venue of choice at, in the same transaction. Um, and, you know, before what we were seeing is counterparties, you know, connecting in whatever way that was over Telegram, over WhatsApp, over Skype, mm. and trying to creatively, you know, leg into this on the screen. And obviously, you can imagine all the risks that go into that. Um, and so, you know, Paradigm is, is basically replacing all that with the automation of um, single click execution. So the old way I would hit up a counterparty on Telegram and say, can you throw this bid in this market and I'll take the other side when you do something like that? Absolutely. Yeah. And there was, yeah. And um, it was even a group chat. So, you know, even if me and you were in the group chat, other people were, you know, listening to our negotiations and it could be, you know, picked off or front run or whatever it might be. So, um, that is yeah, I, I was impressed that they were actually, you know, getting trades done the way that they were. And, um, you know, I'm impressed with the growth of, of how far they had come even before we had launched Paradigm, um, just their creativity. And, you know, if there is a desire to trade, they will find a way and, and they prove that. Yeah, definitely. So now so now with your solution and the Paradigm solution, people say, I want to trade this four legged butterfly with all these strikes. And can I get a quote and the market maker will return a buy and sell quote and then the taker will just pick the side that they want. Is that right? Absolutely. So that was our first version um, in the directed RFQ. We actually have a new version. And so you can post your price as well. You can better the price. Um, you can leave it there. So you'll see the responses back from the liquidity providers. You can join it. You can improve it. Um, and you can take, as you mentioned, as well. Cool. That's fascinating. So when we look at the crypto option space here at GVOL, something that I noticed is that if you look at notional size versus underlying market caps, the notional open interest on Bitcoin is something like 2 or 3% of the Bitcoin market cap. Maybe that's changed now with this sell-off. But um, in tr tr the traditional world, what we often see is like SPY options, which is the S&P 500 ETF. The notional open interest in the options market is like 200% of the market cap. So there's a ton of growth coming into the crypto option space. What um, 
you know, from your perspective, what are you seeing? Is it still just kind of crypto people trading crypto options? Or are you seeing some traditional finance folks starting to step in, step into the, the foray of uh, crypto options? Um, absolutely. I would say, a co- you know, a combination of both and the momentum of traditional adaptation, I think, is really growing. We are seeing a lot of new interest from these traditional entities onboarding onto Paradigm. They're looking for these more institutional grade tools, um, you know. The, the traditional finance folks are used to trading more complex structures and finding liquidity and trading spreads. And that's something that Paradigm obviously is very close to. We want to grow the spread market. Um, and so we are working closely with them. We're seeing a lot more of them onboarding. Um, and, you know, growing the liquidity for this is something that our, our team is actively working on. Yeah, that's great. So now your background uh, enables you to see, okay, commodity vol equity vol, crypto vol, really compare all, all of them. So that's pretty deep insights. To, to avoid any conflicts of interest, maybe we'll step away from the crypto vol, but did you see any sort of things in commodity vol, especially in 2008, where like, is there any kind of crazy stories where maybe someone like uh, got caught off guard or someone made a made a killing on the other side? Is there kind of any crazy stories being on the pit in 2008? Um, yeah, I mean, there were definitely some of those. I remember, I remember there was an order that came into the pit, um, to buy 50,000 of the S&P 50 strike, the five zero strike. Now, at that time, we were probably trading around 900. And just for reference today, the SPX is trading about 4,100. Um, but, you know, the first crazy thought that I was thinking was, do the strikes even get listed that low? Mm. I didn't even know a strike existed that far out of the money. Um, and then the other thing was the size of that order. You know, at the time, the large order sizes were probably 1,000 or 2,000. And I was like, 50,000 is massive. Is this right? So, um, you know, immediately everybody was was selling them. But when you sell your wings, you always think, how is this going to affect my slide? How many do I want to be short down there? But, you know, I remember uh, something I'll never forget. Our risk manager at the time, he was basically like, well, I guess if the S&P ever gets anywhere near 50, we all probably, none of us will probably be here. And we will probably be worried about bigger things like our livelihood or just owning commodities for our own basic survival needs. Um, and so it was just crazy. Everybody was um was jumping to sell these, you know, 50 strike, imagining if the S&P ever got to, you know, 50, it's, it's, it's just absurd, but crazy. Um, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That always reminds me of this question I like to ask people. What's scarier, yeah. a world where Bitcoin's zero or a world where Bitcoin's $1 million? Right. <laughs> that's super interesting. And then from your own trading, so you have a, a pretty uh, unique Telegram handle. Um, would you call yourself short, sort of a uh, shortfall seller or a long vol? What is your kind of your preferences back in the day when you were trading on the floor? What uh, intuition intuitively made more sense to you? Um, I think it really depends on the environment that you're trading in. Obviously, as a market maker, you want to be Greek neutral. Um, you know, I just want to be in and out. I don't want to carry a long position one way or the other. Now, obviously, as you enter into different conditions, you have to adjust your strategy a little bit. Um, you know, in 2008, being long vol was probably more, um, you know, advantageous. And then in, um, you know, in the in the quieter markets, um, you know, selling vol is, um, 
you know, it just makes more sense. And anyways, I think shortfall is more exciting than, uh, than sitting on long ball. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of closing up here with a couple of fun questions. So, I mean, you're, you're living a, a crazy, fa- crazy chaotic life as a founder. Um, you also have a family. How do you balance the two? Do you find time for yourself? Is, do you have any hobbies that you like a lot? Um, are you playing video games on the weekends? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm waiting for my kids to get into that, but, um, no, yeah, it's, it's a good question. Finding that work-life balance is definitely something that's very important. Um, I would just say most of my time, most of my free time is, is spent, you know, trying to enjoy with my family and with my friends. Usually that's outdoors. Um, and now the weather is getting better, so that makes it easier. Um, so yeah. That's great. Cool. Well, Mickey, if anyone wants to join Paradigm or get in touch with you, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I everything that I talked about here, referencing our stats, our activity, we all make everything public on our website. I would encourage everybody to visit our website, paradigm.co. We have a stats section. It's also available on the GVOL platform as well. Um, and then, you know, one thing that I also want to reference for everybody is our, our new insight section. So we're working with collaborate, collaborators in the in the um, space to build publications and, and relevant pieces. So I would encourage everyone to visit our website. Um, there is a link to our Telegram chat on our website. So feel free to check that out. Otherwise, uh, you can reach me directly at short underscore ball. And also our Telegram channels are, you know, trade paradigm. So feel free to reach out. Fantastic. Well, Mickey, it was really great chatting with you. Thank you so much for everyone who tuned in. And remember, find edge, capture alpha, and slang size. Do it on paradigm. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>